Hey, welcome to Throttled Up, the podcast. We're going to get started here by thanking our sponsors that help us so much to be able to do this each and every week. The first one is In the Fast Lane Productions. If you're looking to catch up on races you may have missed or past interviews or past action at the track, look no further than InTheFastLaneProductions.com. We want to thank In the Fast Lane for also sharing that media with us to use in the show. Our second sponsor is Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. There is no better race photographer around than Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. They are the official track photographer of Brownstown Speedway. When you're out at the track, please stop by and see their trailer right behind the grandstand. Also, a huge thank you to Kenny Montgomery, singer of the song that's going to be played into our intro and our outro tonight, his new single, Dirt. If you've never heard of Kenny Montgomery, look him up on YouTube, check him out on Facebook, uh, and send him some love from the Throttled Up Podcast family. And now it's time to get throttled up. Trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy. I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to it. I just won hot laps for the third. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of throttled up with matt and dustin it's going to be a weekly podcast we're going to throw out here about racing uh going to talk anything wheels engine anything where people are trying to compete and go fast but our major focus will be here on local dirt tracks 
Uh, probably a little bit of Salem Speedway, some Eldora Speedway. We'll talk some NASCAR during the month of May. We'll get into some IndyCar because we got to get into Indy 500 at least during that week. But the uh, first person I want to introduce here, we're going to try and have some guests throughout the week, but is my co-host, Matt. How are you, Matt? Doing great, Dustin. How are you doing? It's been a good week, man. We got into some NASCAR stuff here. Uh, first couple weeks in the NASCAR, I I got to be honest, I, I'm not overly excited about how it started so far, but but at least got the uh, got the season off to a, a strong start. Yeah, seeing some guys you know do, run up front that haven't ran up front for a while, and you know that that's good. And you know the big talk is you know all the young blood that, that's in NASCAR now, and you know watching the old guys kind of take their you know their senior roles there, and, and it's that's what's starting to unfold. Yeah, and and you know, I guess I guess we'll just go ahead and uh, you know kind of talk a little bit about this here. But I, the last two races have been a little tough to watch. Um, I'm a little bit of a, a, a you know competitive guy. I like to see some competition. So the last two races have been a little bit tough to watch. But obviously, something we'll get into a little bit more here. Dirt track racing getting ready to kick off. Oh yeah, practices starting up. Some of the uh, the farther south tracks have gotten gotten kicked off already with lucas oil and some of those we'll get into that but i'll start by asking you and you know where where does your racing background come from i gotta say that uh, that comes straight from uh, my grandfather he uh he was a, a gearhead you know motorhead and uh he would have went anywhere if there was two lawnmowers racing each other and he kind of started going to the races when i was young and he would take me and the the first time i can ever remember i was at brownstown speedway at five Wow, and uh, like it, you know, just the smell of the, the the fuel and and seeing the cars and and everything. I was instantly the rubber beads hitting you in the head. Well, this was this was dirt racing, you know. So there wasn't the, the but, rubber beads, but, but and, even the dirt and the oh, yeah. those kind of things coming up. I mean that that's the as silly as that is. That's the whole experience, you oh, know. Feeling the dirt, feeling some of the the tire come off is is the huge deal. Oh, and you know, I was I was instantly hooked, you know, and I I couldn't wait to go back. So that's. Uh, you know, when I was five, that'd have been nineteen seventy six. So that you know, well, there was some. I've seen some big names race at you know at Brownstown Speedway. You know, growing up here. So you know, I think that's one of the coolest things about an Indiana history is that the the dirt racing scene in Indiana has always been extremely strong, extremely big name, and it's kind of been the stepping stone to get into that next level of either IndyCar or NASCAR. Really, a lot of those those great racers come right here to Indiana to race. I mean, that says everything. When Jeff Gordon's family packed up from California and moved, you know, here to Indiana just so he could race. You know, so you're, you know, you're comment there says everything because that, that's what that whole family did yeah and i think i think a lot of times i mean everybody thinks indiana and we think basketball you know we think hoosiers we think you know all the great basketball talent that's come out of here but man when you really start looking at it and again gordon being a transplant but you know you got gordon you got tony stewart uh um, ryan newman ryan newman that's just nascar side of it i mean you start looking at the indycar side of it you got several guys who have who have made it on and competed and even beyond that when you start talking about kind of the Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky area, where a lot of those guys come into Indiana and race, lots of NASCAR families coming out of this area. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Darrell Waltrip, Michael Waltrip, you know, Owensboro, Kentucky, Franklin, Tennessee area, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's all right, you know, 
it's all big, like you said, right here. You know, the Greens that race NASCAR, they came from Owensboro, Kentucky. So Absolutely. Yeah. Home of Moonlight Barbecue. Don't know if you've ever been to Moonlight Barbecue. Would love for them to become a sponsor if they'd give me one free meal. But if you're ever in Owensboro, Kentucky, <laughs> Moonlight Barbecue. It's the first buffet I've ever been to where the barbecue is as good as a, a plate restaurant. You will not leave there without being totally miserable and in a full meat sweat. But Moonlight Barbecue, Owensboro, Kentucky. If they, if they ever, some somebody that works there that listens to the podcast, podcast call us we're willing for a sponsorship for moonlight barbecue that definitely sounds like a road trip if anything oh i maybe we can go and do a throttled up episode right at moonlight barbecue so that that sounds like what we need to do you know do a (laughs) do an exclusive there yeah it it would be very quiet for a lot of it though because i'd be still eating no matter what (laughs) yeah mike's off so they don't hear his chomp (laughs) hey before we get in too far i do want to talk about two of our first sponsors and yeah Really lucky that, you know, we, we've gotten some support right out of the gate with this thing and, and have been really excited and, and had some people jump on board to support us. Those, uh, those two sponsors, uh, number one, In the Fast Lane Productions. You can check them out on their Facebook page at In the Fast Lane. Um, and they have a website. It'll be linked to this episode. So check them out. They do a ton of race broadcasts, winners, winter lane or winner's circle, uh, interviews they do pit interviews oh yeah uh, so a ton of media there from in the fast lane productions and then uh schaefer's uh well, schaefer photo and custom tees thank you schaefer photos and custom tea great group out of columbus indiana i believe yes yes and constantly at the brownstown speedway um that'd be mark and jamie schaefer and uh, tell you what mark uh, he is the uh, pretty much official photographer for brownstown speedway and uh, he does an amazing job. And, you know, with it, he doesn't take 400 pictures in a night and just says, here's what you get. He sits down when he gets home after Saturday night and he crops, centers, you know, checks the lighting on every photograph that he does. So when you do order pictures or anything from him, I mean, it is high quality, you know, stuff with everything. So, so we're really, I mean, we're really excited that these guys have kind of jumped on board and gotten with us. So, again, when you see the episode, go to our website. It's throttleduppodcast.com. And you can click on those sponsors links. And if if you enjoy what we're doing, support our sponsors because those guys are helping us out, and we really appreciate that help. And in the in the fastlaneproductions dot com, there that Ryan and Nathan Bowling right here out of Seymour. And uh, I tell you what, they are fantastic with the cameras, and uh, it seems like they always have the camera where it's supposed to be, where the action is. I don't know if those two brothers got a sixth sense that they they realize where the action is going to happen right before it happens because. We've had some serious, you know, crashes over at Brownstown, and them guys always have the lenses on the action, and and that's that's impressive to me. So, and I think that's uh, to get back into a little bit of a, the racing side of it. As a fan, I think that's one of the toughest things to do because I want to watch up front, and that's amazing about those guys because I want to watch the battle up front, and it seems like I'm always late to the wreck that happens four or five cars back because I'm wanting to watch that battle up front. So. It's pretty cool, and, and again, if you get a chance, go to their website, check out their YouTube page. A lot of media there that's really strong stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, Schaefer Photo Custom Tees, they do have a booth set up at Brownstown, so if you guys do go to the races there, Saturday nights, go back behind the grandstands, and uh, everything Mark takes pictures of, he puts in albums, and uh, and uh, you can either place an order there, and he does mugs, great big, huge photographs, and about anything you need, so make sure to check both of those out. Awesome, and thank you. So, you know, to kind of go back to our conversation about, you know, where it started, and that, that's pretty cool that, you know, it's really cool, actually, that your grandfather was part of getting you into it. And to be honest, 
my first memory of the racetrack, my dad ran a welding business when I was a kid, and I can remember him. He he was asked to be a sponsor for a uh, modified car, and he actually ended up being the guy that welded at the track. So I got to go with him. I remember the classic getting set in the car at five, six years old and, you know, getting that feel. And then I kind of got away from it when we still lived in Illinois. When we moved down here to Indiana, the the real big thing, obviously, where I came from just south of Bedford was Bloomington Speedway. Oh, yeah. And my dad, I can remember, I was probably – 12 years old took me to my first world of outlaw sprint car uh race at bloomington speedway and and this is where i love and we've had a lot of racing conversations between you and i where we kind of differ a little bit and and divert off we both love racing oh yes doesn't matter what it is if it's if it's a competition and good race we'll watch it but uh I lean a little bit more to the sprint side and you lean a little bit more to the late model side so i i'm probably lean a whole lot more to the late model side you know that's those are you know those are my vehicles of choice but uh but you know like you said i will go watch anything that races you absolutely know, so. and, and it's and it's amazing because i know we've had this conversation as well the the way a track is set up for certain cars and you and yeah. i have agreed with this brownstown the perfect late model track oh yeah that that was uh, cut out of the earth to be a late model track i mean you know and don't get me wrong the sprint cars they know their way around there. oh it's still a good show you know, it's a great show but if you were going to build a, a track for a dirt late model you would build brownstown speedway yeah and i don't want to take anything away because when we get into the brownstown schedule there's some there's some sprint shows coming up yeah. and i've been to them and they're really really good shows but for a week in week out track it's a late model track and on the flip side if you've ever went and tried to watch late models at bloomington speedway it's, it's a, rough. It, it's a little close there. Because, <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah, that track was definitely set up for a sprint car, you and know. So. so, you know, it's it's a really cool thing to kind of see where that, that history comes from and, and where those, you know, connections are made. And, and I've always enjoyed sitting at the uh, at the track. I'm probably somewhat of a fair-weather fan. Um, I don't always go out as much as I, I want to or should. But with this podcast, I'm hoping it forces me on Saturday nights to be sitting in the stands at, at uh, Brownstown Speedway and, and watching some guys compete. Well, that's, that's where, uh, you know, my, my side gig on Saturday nights helps me out a whole lot. And, you know, with, with me being the voice of Brownstown Speedway, I get to, you know, I pretty much tell, you know, my girlfriend at home, well, I have to go because, you know, they expect me. And, and uh, I would go anyway because, you know, I love to be there. But that, that does help. And, uh, that lets me be involved in a way that that I can probably contribute more than I could in any other way to the, the you know to the sport I love is to uh, to call the races for it comes over there and uh, I have a great time doing that. Yeah, and that's where I kind of got this idea for the podcast is from you uh, having that Saturday night gig that kind of locked you into the ability to go to the races every week. And I thought, heck, if he gets to go every week because he's the voice of Brownstown, how do I start something that my wife will buy into? And now throttled up the podcast i have to be at the racetrack oh, yeah. yeah we we got to get you there man <laughs> if i'm going to talk about it every week i have to be at the racetrack so i i've already forewarned her that this means a lot more saturday nights in brownstown <laughs> well that's not too far from me there and, and uh you know it's great entertainment and uh you know i hope what this does really more than anything is if we don't keep teaching the next generation about this sport it, it's traditionally going to die out you know because you know, we need to make sure the next generation knows all about racing. And, and, you know, my grandpa took me, I've taken my kids and, and, uh, 
you know, that's how you keep it going. And there's some families that's probably never went and watched a race. So, you know, maybe this they'll hear our podcast and they'll, hey, let's go over and try that one night. You know? Absolutely. And I can tell you, my, my wife grew up in this area. My wife uh, graduated from Brownstown High School. And until my wife was with me, she had never been to Brownstown Speedway. She had been there during the fair when they ran the fair race, but had never been into Brownstown Speedway to see a show. And and that's something I've kind of taken pride on. And I know I've told you this story before. One of the first times we taught my son about the, the stoplight in green, yellow, and red and what it meant go slow and stop was at Brownstown Speedway <laughs> sitting in turn, uh, uh, turn one. one. And looking at the stoplight and going through all the colors with him. So he learned those ideas at Brownstown Speedway, which is what I hope he's talking about 30 years from now. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, and, and you brought up you was uh, you went with your dad when he was the welder on the race cars and you got to sit in the seat that you took me immediately back to. Uh, I was a young enough kid. I can't give you an age, but we went to a, a place north on seven in Bartholomew County called B&M Salvage. And it was just a, a salvage yard. And they owned a, a race car there, and it was known as the eight ball. The number, the number was in a it looked like an eight ball painted on the side of the car. And that's that's what, pretty cool. That's what they called it was the eight ball. And if I remember, Hillbilly Ogle drove the car back then. But I was a small enough kid that I tried to get on my tiptoes to look down inside the car because I was just you know I was in amazement of race cars, and I wasn't tall enough to look inside there. And I remember dragging a two before over crossing the garage, and I could stand on the two before. And, see and barely see in, and it was like, you know, this is where all the magic happens. So, you know, I, I remember back, like you said, when you was a kid and, you know, getting getting around them and hearing them run, and, I mean, it, those are just magical moments. Well, and when you're a kid and they start them up, it doesn't just – it's not just the sound because it vibrates your chest. You're so small, that engine, when they start hitting the throttle, you vibrate from head to toe, and there is nothing like that feeling. Oh, no, and it – you know, it sticks with you with you forever. And then, uh, but when I started really going to the track, when I got a little older, my younger brother, he's a year, he's a year and a half younger than I am. He started paying attention more really to the drivers and stuff. And, uh, it's, it's kind of wild for what I do now on the Saturday night gig. I started paying attention to all the announcers everywhere we went. I started listening to their styles and, and picking it up. And, uh, you know, probably the, the most famous announcer out of, out of Brownstown was James Essex. And, uh, you know, he's a friend of mine now and, and he announces for the Lucas oil series. But he had just had a style that was just yeah, absolutely, and you know, I hear a whole lot of people mock him, you know, in a good way, right? Because I mean, he just uh, he got you excited and got you into the races, and and he probably more than any other announcer probably got me interested in wanting to talk and and, and announce the races there. And I will say, and and this is going to be a shameless plug, and he's probably not going to be real happy I say it, but if you if you've not sat in the seats at Brownstown Speedway and listened to Matt call a race, you're really missing out. Um, I've sat there, I've been around Matt a lot, but I'm telling you, it, Matt and I are around each other almost every day and great guy, great energy. But when he's locked in on a racetrack and it's, and it's Saturday night and they're coming around to the checkered, there's not a better voice to call that race. So I know you're, I know you're going to be, you're going to hate because you're, you're very humble and you don't want me to be, be saying things like that. But if you've never heard him, go sit your butt in a seat at, at Brownstown Speedway and listen to him as he calls a race. There's no one better. I appreciate that. I, I really do. All right. Well, you know, that's kind of our background. And, and I think the next thing, you know, is, you know, you and I have kind of built this idea out of, out of a lot of conversations, um, a lot of spitballing back and forth and brainstorming what we wanted this show to be and what we were going to do so 
let's kind of introduce our idea behind this show. And I'm going to throw it over to you for a little bit and and what we're hoping to build out of this, what we want this to be. We've already kind of talked about it in, increasing the interest in, in racing and things in the local community. But what else do we want it to be? I, I would like to see, you know, when we have the guests, the drivers, you know, the car owners, uh, great fans, I would like, you know, when they come in and our guests that we can kind of spotlight the sponsors that help them get to the races every you know every year maybe that'll increase some activity of sponsors on the cars and and just give more love to the to the sport you know and uh cast a spotlight on it and you know let drivers sit down talk about their favorite moments or their least favorite moments you know what they like and what they dislike you know that that's kind of make an open forum for the fan the driver the car owner and you know and i think that's one of the coolest things that we're we're going to be able to do is is put all of those personalities on the show is that we may have days that we've got a car owner sitting here a driver and a fan and all talking about the experience of racing because that's the that's the whole part and i know that the the drivers and the owners always say that the only way they get to do their their love is to be the fans in the seat that's a hundred percent true but the only reason the fans are in the seat are because of the guys that spend the hours in the shop, you know, Monday through Friday to get that car ready, to get it loaded in the trailer, to come out on Saturday night. And let's be honest, most of the guys at Brownstown Speedway on Saturday night aren't doing this professionally. This is their love. It's their passion. It's their hobby. And they put a lot more money into it to give us a great show than what they end up getting back out of it. And, and that's a great appreciation from a guy like me. Oh, yeah. You know, they're – they're not getting rich. They're, they're at not making money going and racing on a Saturday night. They're, they're, they're doing it because they love it just like we do, you know, and, and they need their five or six buddies that are showing up in their garage, you know, Sunday through Thursday so they can go race Friday or Saturday night. Because, you know, I know several of the drivers, you know, in the Superstock class, you know, I can think of five off the top of my head. They go race Bloomington on Friday night go home you know take it home that night thrash on it all day saturday morning if it got tore up and then they're right at the racetrack saturday night at brownstown you know racing two nights a week just because you know it's in it's in their blood and you know if it ain't for their that little core group of five or six friends that are there every night with them to get the car ready we wouldn't have race cars on saturday night no and it's and you know it's one of those things where you can't do it just a little bit you don't dabble in racing. No. You know, there's a lot of hobbies you can dabble in and try out. You don't dabble in racing. When you're in racing, you're a racer. Oh yeah. And you and you have to you have to live it because there is no easy way about going about it. You know, our our secretary at work, she uh, her husband many many time track champion at, at more than one racetrack and uh I know when he started, you know, getting to the point that he didn't want to dedicate himself every Saturday night. You know, last few years, he made sure to miss that first Saturday night because he felt like that took him out of that points chase to where he wasn't didn't feel that pressure that I got to keep going because I'm in the points. You know, he thought if you missed the first one, he could miss a few more. So. And then and then it wouldn't be that that drug. I mean, yeah, it, because exactly. it is it's yes. it's a it's an addiction. Yes. And not and a positive one. Now, so there there may be some wives that might listen to this or some drivers or car owners <laughs> that may not think it, it is a positive addiction, but. It is a positive addiction because for for a fan that sits in the seats, we need those guys. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, while it's fresh in my mind, and I'm sure we'll bring it up a couple more times tonight. You know, if you guys want to be on the show, you know, get a hold of us. We'll we'll let you know the uh, the email address or whatever, and just you know, hit us up. Uh, I think our Twitter is on the our website there. Hit us it up is. on Twitter, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll make it happen when you can get in here and you can tell your stories or you know. 
how you feel about things, and we'd love to have it. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll back that up, too. And, and Twitter is at ThrottledUp365. Not only do we want you to come on if you are that driver, we would love to spotlight our drivers, their sponsors. You know, if, if you're a car owner, we'd love to have you. If you're just simply a fan and you're passionate about racing and you love to talk some racing and have some fun, we want you to come in and do that as well. But I will also throw this out. Some of those those sponsors that are that are racing sponsors that love racing that that's their whole focus. If you want to come on and talk about your product and talk about your involvement in racing and how that product's help, come on. We're, we're open to anybody coming in and having a great discussion about racing. Oh yeah, definitely. You know because it that helps and we can help you guys. You know that that's the thing. This is a. Uh, you know, a form that we can help you guys as drivers, as car owners and sponsors, you know, get get your name out there, you know, maybe help you get to the next level. Well, let's move in a little bit, um, you know, and, and and the whole idea of this, I think, is going to be pretty free-flowing in how we, we do things. Uh, we both work together a lot. We're very organized in our work process, but I think in this one, uh, we're going to get to be able to be a little bit more free-flowing and just have some fun. I think that's the whole idea behind it anyway. So do you want to jump into some NASCAR? Do we want to talk some NASCAR right off the bat? Well, you don't want what everybody's talking about, you know, is that uh, that rear roof support that just seems to be uh, not present in some of the race cars in NASCAR right now. Well, I mean, I think you're being a little tough on the guy. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just forget something. I mean, you you could forget to fuel the car. You could forget to put lugs on the tires. You forgot a roof support. I mean, I think it's I think it's a viable excuse. Well, you know, I seen uh, I was watching qualifying before I come over tonight, and uh, you know, his uh, Stuart Haas already said, "Yeah, the side skirts weren't made out of aluminum like they were supposed to be, so we'll just go ahead and we'll take all the punishment and we'll pay the fine." So you know, they didn't admit the roof support was was not there was faulty, but. They're, they're going to take the punishment and pay the fines. So. Well, and I, I, I also, I think, you're, I think you're being a little bit hard there because let's look at the team that Harvick runs for. It's Stuart Haas racing. I mean, if we're going to talk about racing, are, are there two guys that would be less likely to cheat in the sport than Stuart Haas? I mean, Tony, I, I've, I, Tony was more of a guy that just went out and drove around. He was never looking for an advantage. He always was the the friendly driver on the track. If you yeah. had a better car than him, he always <laughs> let you pass. All right, that's enough BS for it. It's obvious Tony wants to win at all costs. And if you don't, you probably shouldn't be a race car driver. Let's just throw that out there. If you do not want to win and do everything you can to win, you probably need to become a spectator. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, that's... As soon as the second car was built, somebody was cheating, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you and I kind of had this discussion the other day, and I think it's it's the great thing about racing, and and I hope that NASCAR and, and really the dirt tracks even understand this. I, I'm all for tech. I'm all for, you know, catching people that do it. But we have to remember where the history of the sport came exactly. from. Yes. And you and I talked about it the other day with bootleggers running moonshine, the goal wasn't about running a stock car. The goal was about that police officer. I know what his car is. I have to be able to outrun him. Yes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So that that kind of starting point in history leads to this idea of I may not totally flat out cheat, but I'm going to tweak the rule. I'm going to find a way to make it fit me. I'm going to find a loophole. And then sometimes I'm going to flat out cheat. 
and see if they catch me. Yeah, and you know, like I said, since the beginning of, of cars, you know, th- there's cheating, and uh, I guess if you don't get caught, it isn't cheating. And if everyone is doing it, you know, you're probably better off just to change the rule than try to, you know, try to keep punishing people with that. You know, so yeah, so. I- and you know, it was kind of getting that feeling, and I started talking earlier, and, and it's it's obviously come out now. The last few races, it it started to feel like something had to be up with Harvick's car. Yeah, he Harvick, great driver. I mean, terrific driver. Um, yeah, great personality for the sport too. I'm gonna say that. You know, he you need you know all the different personalities. If everybody acted exactly the same, you know, it'd be a little robotic and. You know, I look forward to seeing the personalities and the people that get upset, the people that are overly happy, you know, the criers, the, you know, and all that. That That's what builds the sport. You Absolutely. Know? Because I'm going to say this. I'm not a personal fan, but I love that Kyle Busch is in NASCAR. And I know there's a lot of people out there that hate Kyle Busch, would rather see him not be involved. But I want that mentality in NASCAR, too. I want the guy that's that lives on the edge that's going to gripe, that's going to complain, that's going to think everybody else is its fault because he's the anti-hero. Oh, yeah. You have to have all those personalities because, let's be honest, NASCAR is kind of like the WWE. You need all those personalities to really be interesting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing about uh, you know about Kyle Busch because I'm like you. I'm not a personal fan of his, but he's going to drive his balls off in the car and he's going to have an excellent soundbite, good or bad, after the races. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, again, not a personal fan, but I'm not upset if the drivers I, I root for every week aren't up front and Bush is running about third and fourth, and I know he's got a loose car because it's going to get real exciting with about 20 laps to go because he's going to put it in every small spot he can, and he makes the race exciting. And you, you talked about the end of the race, and uh, I've heard a lot of negative about the stage racing, but uh, I have to admit I'm actually a fan of the stage racing just for the simple fact that so many drivers just rode in the back and just bided their time, bided their afternoon, and then all of a sudden they're up front and the, you know they're trying for the win at the end of it. Martin Truex showed last year that if you compete for every stage that they offer, you're going to do a lot of things. And uh, I think you could, you've, you've already seen it this year that people are approaching that stage racing way different than they did at this time last year. Yeah, and, and you and I talked last year when the stage racing went in, and I... I didn't know what I thought about it at first, and I can honestly agree with you. I'm, I'm a huge fan because, and it's not just the guys up front. Yes, the the top three, four, five positions are huge in the points you get, but when you're watching guys who are running tenth, eleventh, twelfth, who are willing to move somebody else out of the way, a third of the way through the race to gain a position to hopefully get a bonus point, that's huge. And that's something we hadn't seen in NASCAR forever. It was, I always used to joke and, and say, you know, when my dad and I used to watch NASCAR races on Sunday, you'd watch the first 15 or 20 laps, you could take a nap for a couple hours, wake back up for about the last 30, and you pretty much saw the race. It's not that way anymore. No, and, you know, we seen early in the year last year, there were some drivers that, you know, might not have had a chance at any points, you know, to bonus themselves in. They were racing hard on those first stages. And getting, you know, they were knocking people out of the way, a third of the way in, so they could get those bonus, you know, those bonus points on the stage. So, you know, I think that has improved the racing instead of, like you said, watching the first 15, going outside, mowing the yard, coming in, watching the last 15, and then you've seen the entire race, you know, so. And, you know, the other, the other thing I think it's added to is, 
and it's kind of taken some of the engineers and the the crew chiefs out of it and i don't want to say just the crew chiefs because it adds a lot of strategy to it do you pit early do you wait till after the stage so the crew chiefs are still involved but what i mean is is on wrenching on that car throughout the race this puts it back on a lot on drivers and oh yeah and if i'm going to watch the race i want to see the most talented drivers i don't want to see a guy and 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 I'm going to throw him out there, and I'm not taking anything away from him. I think Jimmy Johnson can drive. I truly do. I think he's a heck of a race car driver. But I don't know if he's as successful as what he is if he didn't have Chad Canal sitting on top of the box, wrenching on that thing and constantly improving it. So when this came in, it put it back on. If you're that young gun, if you're that guy that's willing to stick it in there and race hard, you've got an advantage. And oh, that's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. And, you know, it. I think it takes away a lot of the chances they have to keep wrenching on it and working their way to the front by the end of the race because, you know, people are setting their stuff up to be, you know, very, very competitive on lap one. Where used to, you weren't worried about lap one. You waited till you know, lap 200 or 150, whatever, the, you know, the race was. So You can't save your stuff anymore. No, not you, at all. You got to run it yeah. because it, you might be able to win a race without saving your stuff, but to be in the for the championship and to run for those points – you got to you got to have it ready all all race long. Oh yeah, yeah, from beginning to end there. Who's your let, let's just let's just throw this out here now. Let, let's let's go for it right off the bat with throttled up uh, episode one. Let's let's take our picks. We know where uh, the standings are currently after a few races, but let's have a little bit of a friendly uh, wager here. Who's your NASCAR Monster uh, Energy Cup Series champion for this year? Huh. This year. We'll uh, each make a pick. We'll see who comes the closest. Man, I, you tell me yours while I'm thinking a little bit, because I, re- I haven't thought that far yet, you know. So. I knew you'd spin it back around here on me <laughs> and put the pressure on me first. I knew how that'd work. <laughs> or we can just keep talking until I think of it. I, you know, I, I got about eight names coming to mind, and, and, you know, that's the great thing is used to you had two or three that you had to think of. Well, yeah, for about, about seven years there, you just say Jimmy Johnson, you had a yep. pretty darn good yeah. chance. yeah. I'm going to go, I, I really, truly believe Kyle Larson is the NASCAR champion this year. And and, and I, I understand right now that looks tough because he's had a little bit of a, a slow start from what he has been, but I think it's his year. I think he gets it turned around. I think Larson's your champion. I, I would probably 100% agree with you, but just for the sake of picking someone else, I'll, I'll, I'll pick someone else. And, uh, you know... I mean, you threw it back to me first, so uh, I get the right, fair you're choice. Right. I deferred to you, and, and I gave up my pick there, but uh, you, you're probably going to be right on that because that is one guy that gets 110% out of his equipment every time he climbs down. And it don't matter what kind of equipment it, it is, he gets 110% out of it. And I'll be honest, watching the races, and, and you may disagree with me on this, but I almost think he's experimenting here at the beginning of this season. They talked a little bit about it Sunday He's done a lot more of running midlines, trying to run low lines. Because if you know anything about Larson, he's a he's a edge of the racetrack up against yeah. the wall. He thinks he's still in a sprint car up on the cushion, but he's really moved around. And I I when I was watching Sunday, I thought I think he's experimenting here early to see where his lines are, where he can run, what his equipment can do, and and I think once he once he balances that with his no no fear i'm at the top of the wall running it i think he's too tough to beat okay i'll I'll, i'm gonna give you two different answers on this my uh my heart choice 
is going to be Alex Bowman just for the simple fact that that guy drove the the simulator you know for Hendrick Motorsports and uh I'll tell you what when Dale Jr said he was stepping out of that 88 car last year Alex was my first pick because you know I feel like that guy paid the dues with the team you know when he got to set in when when Junior had to step out for a little bit I I thought that Alex did a good job in the car and uh, so my heart pick is going to be Alex Bowman. That would be one heck of a rookie year. Oh, my gosh. You know, that would be amazing. But, but I, uh, I do think the kid can drive. Oh, he, I think the kid can wheel. Yes. There's no doubt. And I, I'll, just stay, we'll just, I'll just take Alex and I'll go from there. So I'll, just, right. I'll just take that one. So Very cool. You know, and I'll be honest, um, if I had a heart pick, and, and this is major heart because I don't think that, that it's going to happen, I would go Daryl Wallace Jr., Oh, that's a good pick, though. I love, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I think that guy can wheel in a way that I think there's a lot about him being, you know, an African-American driver, and I think there's a lot that's been built up, you know, kind of in the, the media about it. But when you just want to talk about race car driver, that cat can flat wheel. Oh, yeah, and you, you brought it up. I was going to sidestep it, but uh, it actually kind of personally bothers me that he's referred to as the black driver or the African-American driver, because you never hear nobody say Daniel Suarez is the Hispanic driver. I agree with you. And I, that to me, that aggravates me that Darrell Wallace Jr. is, is kind of pigeonholed or, or pinpointed like that when they don't say that about, about Daniel Suarez, you know, or they didn't say it about Juan Montoya, you know, that, that he was not, you know, a white American, like, you know. And, and I, I can understand that NASCAR, I'm sure, is trying to use that to branch out to – you know, a, a different demographic than what they usually are into. And I, and I hope that Daryl Wallace can help that because, you know, it's kind of like when Tiger Woods came into the PGA. Yes, yes. It opened up a whole new group to the idea of playing golf. But what I worry about is, is exactly what you're saying. I don't want Daryl Wallace Jr. to become the he's only here because yes. he's the black driver. Yes, Daryl Wallace Jr. can drive. We've had some others, and I'm not going to throw them out because, you know, it might upset some people. We've had some other drivers sit in cars that were there because of the media they could attain, the advertisements they could get, the sponsorships they could get, who I will argue couldn't truly wheel the same way guys who didn't have rides could. But Daryl Wallace can drive. I totally, totally agree with you. And I, th- I think he has actually put a little spark back in Richard Petty, you know, that Richard has lost for several years. You I know. think there's some investment going back into that team all of a sudden. Yeah, Richard is, uh, it seems like he's a whole lot more excited to be at the racetrack, to be involved with the racing, and, uh, you know, I like that because, you know, Richard Petty is an icon that can never be replaced in any form of racing, you know. And when you're talking about somebody you want to see win, I mean, is there anything more iconic than the 43 coming into the, the victory lane and, and getting to, to see those wins? Oh, yeah. You know, well, when was the last time the 43 is in victory lane? I think John Andretti or uh, Bobby Hamilton, one of those, were, were the last ones to drive. And, you know, they haven't been in NASCAR for years and years. So, you know, the 43 needs somebody like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's several listeners that have no idea who you were just talking about with those two names. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's been a long time. It's been a minute. Again, what, set 1976 when you were five years old? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> All right, I, I'm the younger of us too, so I had to throw that in there a little bit. But you know, who's some other guys though that right now in NASCAR? Obviously, we talked about. It. I mean, it's a youth movement right now. Who's some other names of guys that you really think are are up and comers or guys you're excited to see race? The guy I enjoy and. Uh He's Darrell Wallace Jr.'s best friend, man, and they, they do a lot of good, and that's Ryan Blaney. And I, you, you can't come from a racing family, you know, like Ryan has. You know, his his family's been involved in racing, and he's another one of those characters I think is going to build the sport. I think people are going to start watching NASCAR just because of Ryan, the antics he does, you know, on his Snapchat feeds and all of his social media. You know, he's going to start, you know, suck some fans into the sport that probably wouldn't be interested if he wasn't in the sport. And number two right now in the point standings. Exactly, yeah. Having a heck of a start to the year. Um, so, yeah, and I'm I'm a Blaney guy. I oh, like yeah. Ryan Blaney. I, he's an exciting driver to watch. He's a, he's a lot of fun, again, on social media, which connects to a younger audience yes. that some of the others don't have. Um, you know, a very exciting driver. If If I was picking one right now, and again – I probably sound like a, a a little bit of an idiot because I'm going to pick some that aren't running really well right now. Like I picked Larson and Eric Jones is the one that I just love to watch race. And you're starting to form a little bit of a pattern here because I believe Eric Jones didn't he drive for Tony Stewart in the sprint cars? <laughs> yeah, he yeah, yeah. Um, I have a little bit of a a, a pattern for uh, sprint car guys, and uh, which I admitted right off the bat at the start of this episode. I also have a little bit of a pattern for Tony Stewart guys. Uh, grew up a huge Tony Stewart fan. There was nobody who could excite me more in the NASCAR and really got me into it than Tony and. And I was a Southern Indiana kid, but it had nothing to do with being close to, to Columbus or, or, or knowing where Tony had grown up. It was all about the way he raced, the way he was as a competitor. You know, and, and I watched a lot when Dale Sr. was still racing, but he was the closest thing to those kind of guys, those old school guys who just said, you know, as Dale Sr. famously said, if my own mother was in front of me in the last lap, I'm going to spin her out to go win. Oh, yeah, and that's how it should be. And uh, I'll tell you another guy I root for, and you know, you're probably going to find it funny, but uh, to build the backstory on who I root for now, Jeff Gordon is a month and a day younger than I am. So as Jeff came up through the rankings, you know, we were both teenagers when he was racing you know, the Silver Crown cars and the Sprint cars, and... Uh, I watched him on ESPN on Thursday Night Thunder when he was in the Diet Pepsi car that he drove for the you know, Beast chassis. And uh, it, it was always obvious that Jeff Gordon was going to be something mm-hmm. when he was very young. So when he made the, you know, the step in the NASCAR, of course, I followed him right in there as a fan. And you know, when I always say you know, Jeff Gordon was my favorite driver, I always heard, oh, you're a bandwagon rider. And that's far from the truth because I watched him race you know, at Florence Speedway, at Bloomington Speedway, you know – at Twin Cities over in, in Vernon, I went and watched him race there when he was a teenager. Because, like I said, I was a teenager, and uh, so when he retired, it's like, okay, I got to pick another favorite driver. And I was like, I don't want to get thrown out that oh, you're bandwagon riding because, you know, we always try tend to pick the front runners as our favorite driver. So the guy I root for every week, and I just feel like that he needs the attention and the, somebody to root for him is AJ Allmendinger because he's another one with a very good character you know he he cracks jokes you know he's good for the sport and 
I don't see anyone ever telling me that I'm going to be a bandwagon rider if I root for A.J. Allmendinger. No, know? there's only a, a one other guy, that, and he's in my NASCAR Fantasy League, who probably loves A.J. Allmendinger more than you. And <laughs> just because of that, I'm going to tell him to, to, to listen to this. He's the, the Why Not Yogurt guy, and he loves A.J. Allmendinger. <laughs> he's actually on my NASCAR Fantasy team right now. And, you know, I'm not going to laugh at you, but the way he's raced the few, first three races, I'm not real happy with A.J. Allmendinger right now because he's not, he's not helped me out a whole lot. But kind of in that same sense, I will tell you, you know, because I was in the same boat. Stewart left. I was a diehard Stewart guy. My dad worked for General Motors for 30-plus years. So, you know, he was first in the Pontiac, and then I really struggled when he went to the the Toyotas with Joe Gibbs Racing, and then – he started his own team. He was back in the Chevy, and we won't even talk about what Stuart Haas has decided to do the last few years because I'm not even going to say that name. So it's 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 been a struggle. But looking to find a new driver was tough. And, oh, and yes. And uh, I would say that probably my first choice was going to be Carl Edwards, and then he just upped and decided he was going to hang out on his ranch and not, not race anymore. And... It, that's probably why I, I'm so drawn to, to Kyle Larson. Is Now, the only difference between Stewart and Kyle Larson is they're 180 degrees. Kyle Larson may be the nicest and friendliest and most respectful driver I've ever seen. I don't know that Larson's ever got into anyone on purpose. Still waiting to see that. I don't know that Stewart ever got into anyone that it was an accident. Right. <laughs> I think everything he yes. did was, was calculated, but... but it, those young guys, you know, when you talk about Truex and Larson and Blaney, you know, I hope that some people come back to NASCAR because NASCAR, there's a great young crop there that's going to be a lot of fun and excitement to watch in the future. You referenced Stewart and Larson. I'll tell you the one thing that they definitely have in common is if Larson's not in the nascar there's not practice he is in something with the motor and wheels on it and i think that's what i always loved about stewart was and it's similar to what you said about gordon when when you were a teenager is you knew that if you were willing to travel a little bit you were going to get a chance to watch stewart race oh yeah you know yeah if, definitely if you wanted to go to you know salem speedway you might catch him if you wanted to go to you know bloomington you might see stewart you don't still today if you go to the bartholomew county fair you're gonna see him climbing a midget that, that and, you just took that up because two years ago our buddy nick his son you know races a tq midget absolutely they went up to race the columbus fair tq race and uh nick's son dakota gets in a race and races tony stewart at the columbus fairgrounds just two years ago in a, in a tq midget you know so it's tony will go anywhere and climb in anything and know? that's probably you know and again I know that when he was racing for Gibbs, that probably had to be his biggest fear because we know every injury Tony's ever suffered happened outside of a NASCAR race yes. car. Yeah. But how could you not want to hire guys like that that just want to compete? And that's why, and you're exactly right. If Larson has the off weekend, he's climbing in something. There's no Bahamas vacation. He's climbing in something and, and racing on Saturday. Well, I know, that's what I think he was most excited about when they l looked at his contract again. It wasn't he got X amount more dollars. Is he was allowed to go race more of the open wheel events and, and other events outside of NASCAR. That, that's what Larson was excited about. And as we kind of bring this thing back full circle and we talk about, you know, our connection to the local dirt track racing, 
if you haven't been to tracks, that's the greatest thing about the racing community. I can promise you that if you love, you know, basketball or football, which I do, I come from a football background too. If you go watch the Indianapolis Colts, there, it, you know, it's a lot of fun to go watch Andrew Luck play. But Andrew Luck's not going to show up at your local high school game and sub in the game and play. It doesn't happen that way. But you can go watch on on Saturday, on Friday, on Sunday, watch a NASCAR driver. And I'm going to throw out one because he's dear to my heart, and he's one we hope we can get on the podcast from my hometown of Mitchell, Indiana. Chase Briscoe, who raced in the Truck Series last year, is moved up to Xfinity last or this year. And last year, I'm sitting here in my garage packing to get ready to go to Brownstown Speedway, and I get a text from you that says, hey, did you know Chase Briscoe's here to race tonight? He had been in Iowa the night before. The night before in the trucks, yes. Raced the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, jumped in, came back home, got to Brownstown Speedway to jump in not only a sprint car, but one of the greatest things I've ever seen, jumped in a late model. Yeah, it was a, it was a uh, the, you know, the Indiana Pro Late Models, the Crate Series over there. He, uh, you know, a guy by the name of Isaac Rainey out of Bedford, you know, offered the ride to Chase, you know, to if he wanted to try that. So, like you said, you know, Chase raced in, in the No Way Out that night and then also raced in the in the, the Crate Late model. And like you said, you know, he left a truck race in Iowa. He could have just went back, you know, back to Mitchell and chilled out. But, no, he came to Brownstown and raced two classes there. And, like, you, you know, where else are you going to see that at? You, you, know? you can't. I mean, you, you don't see Roger Federer show up at your local tennis court playing a match i mean this is what these guys love and they want to be in anything they can that's got an engine and can make them go fast and i'm I'm gonna give a big shout out to chase real quick too since you brought him up is before the races i try to walk around and and talk to all the drivers see what's going on new you know a lot of the drivers they know me week to week and you know they tell me what's going on what you know if something broke you know after the races last week and uh isaac craney he introduced me to chase briscoe say hey this is you know because they was kind of parked together and uh chase is down to earth as you can get i mean it's if he was in here with us right now he would just be one of the guys he wouldn't be you know he wasn't the guy that raced at iowa the night before in the nascar truck race you know and he was sitting there a brand new rig two brand new sprint cars you know thomas meserol was driving his second car you know ford set him up with the best of the best for this sprint car team and you would have never found a more down-to-earth guy to sit there and just talk racing with you know that's what i was you know i was immediately a trace briscoe fan not only that he's a good race car driver, but he is just a great guy, and he's another one that's going to be good for the sport. And you couldn't pick a better guy for Ford to jump behind because there's that true love of racing there. It's not oh, yeah. about it's not about him. It's about the history, and it's about his family background. You know, his grandfather is an iconic sprint car owner in yes. the state of Indiana. His dad, who you and I just had this conversation the other day, we were, we're, we're remodeling our upstairs, and we're going through some old boxes, and I pull out a risky, brisky driving T-shirt, <laughs> driving school T-shirt uh, that is a few sizes too small, but – that was so cool to me to see. I still found that T-shirt, didn't know where it was. It's got Kevin Briscoe's name on it. And anybody who's from Southern Indiana, and again, I'm showing my sprint car, my lean here, <laughs> you know Kevin Briscoe. And I don't know that there's anybody that gets around Bloomington Speedway better than Kevin Briscoe. And to see his son get to where he is, stay humble, realize how much talent his dad had, the passion and loyalty his grandfather had to this sport 
I don't know that there's a better guy right now that I probably that I root for harder than Chase Briscoe. And you know, since you do lean that hard to the sprint cars and I lean as hard as I do the late models, see we'll be a good balance out over this podcast because we'll that way we'll meet to the in the middle with with both of these uh, you know because it does seem like around here because i have several friends that are all about sprint cars and then you know i have a lot more that about late models but you're one or the other it's very hard to that you absolutely love dirt late models or you absolutely love sprint cars you know you you will go watch all of it but you have your choice of the two series and and it's funny to me because that was probably the most interesting thing last year at uh brownstown speedway when they had to move the no way out and back it up with the indiana pro late model series and do the double feature that was the most interesting group of fans i had ever been because you're you're exactly right as soon as the coolers roll in, you know which side they are. Because you can tell from a distance, those are sprint car stickers or those are late oh, model yeah. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> and to see the entire group sitting in the stands that night, it was almost like the high school cafeteria where you where you split up in your cliques. <laughs> yeah, you had your yeah. sprint car guys, you had your late model guys over here. We weren't willing to mix yet. <laughs> you know, We were, oh, we yeah. were all going to sit in our cliques, but it's okay that you sit over there, but we're not going to talk yet because I'm going to watch my sprints run. So... And, you know, what other sport – you brought up the coolers. Do you celebrate your sport by decorating the cooler that, that you bring your beverages in on? I mean, you know, that – even when I – you know, I remember being young when I really first started seeing that, and I could not wait to have a cooler that I could put stickers on. And my 10-year-old right now, she – we have a, very, a, a little playmate that she takes her Mountain Dews to the racetrack with because she had to have a cooler – with stickers on it because everybody she knew had a cooler with stickers on it. So, you know, that is, again, something that gets passed down generation to generation of, you know, throw your loyalty on that cooler so everyone can see it. Well, and absolutely. And it's, and to be honest, as a, as a driver, I would think, you know, or an athlete, what more would you want than someone who's willing to carry around your low? And I understand people wear football jerseys, people wear basketball, but you walk in and you're carrying in that that logo, that sponsor, that number on your cooler says a lot. Oh, it's like badges of honor, you know. All right, let's move. Uh, let's see here. We're at about we're almost at fifty minutes right now that Holy we've been cow. into this. I, I tell you, I can't believe that. You know, when I, when I tell people all the time, you know, when you're doing a podcast, when you've gone. When you don't realize how long you've done it, that's a really good sign for how it's going. And, and you know, we don't really have a set time for how long we're going to do these. I would say that it's going to vary greatly depending on who's in and how, how the, the thing goes. But I know we had talked earlier today, Matt, and you wanted to get into some of the schedules because, you know, especially Brownstown Speedway, that stuff's heating up quickly. Oh, I mean, next – tomorrow – if weather permits, we're going to have a practice for, you know, anything that you want, that you want to, you know, run around the track, see how it shakes down. You know, we have that going on tomorrow. I've got a 10-speed bicycle. What do you think about me bringing that out tomorrow? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Although, John Gill actually won a bicycle race at Brownstown Speedway when he was a kid, and that's probably not well known by everybody. <laughs> but uh, Years ago, John Gill came down. Ted Collins was the promoter over at Brownstown Speedway, and John Gill actually raced in a bicycle race at Brownstown Speedway and won. Okay, so. that's goal number one for the Throttled Up podcast, 
is the John Gill bicycle race story. That's that has to happen. John Gill's got to be here to to discuss the uh, the bicycle race story. I, you know, I wasn't there, I, I, but uh, I would say not very many were there. Ted Collins and Tory, me and Tory Collins graduated high school. Tory races a uh, super late model. Oh yeah, heard a rumor that he might be going to a. Uh, Indiana Pro Late Model next year to race with his nephew, uh, Tyler. Him and Tyler are both going to race together next year. Well, this year now. And, uh, but uh, Ted was... Is that a, confirmed or is that still just a rumor? It's a pretty good rumor. <laughs> it's almost confirmation. How's that sound? I, I like that. But uh, I heard them tell... Because I would... When, years ago, when Tori first started racing, I actually crewed for Tori. That was a way for me to go at that time. And uh, Ted, Ted was still alive at that time, and he told the story that... That John won a uh, a bicycle race at Brownstown Speedway. So, so see now you shot down my idea right off the bat. And what would be better than the throttled up podcast winning the ten speed bicycle challenge next? You know, at at the next Brownstown Speedway race. Now we do have bicycle winners, but it's on kids' night, and you you might not. I know you're younger than I am, but you might not qualify for that race. Here, I, so. I'm going to tell you right now that even if it's kids, I don't know that at my current <laughs> physical condition I can out outride anybody. So. And you know what? I said that things were starting to heat up at Brownstown Speedway, and that's true. But it kind of goes in contradiction to the big first race that's next Saturday, uh, March 17th, which is the Indiana Icebreaker. Oh, yeah. Lucas Oil, you know, they do a good job. They give us a a, a date, you know, weather permitting right off the bat to kick our season off. And uh, this year, for the first time, we're going to have a race Friday night. It's gonna. It's a non-points race, but we're gonna race Friday night and then turn right around Saturday night with the icebreakers. So, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be some Lucas Oil boys that's gonna be in town for Friday night racing also. Well, you know, and I would think that would be great for the track too to get some. I know you guys are gonna have practice. You were supposed to have practice last Saturday. Yes. Obviously, weather didn't permit unless we were doing a rowboat challenge. But to get some tires on the track, to get that tr- track worked in a little bit. And get some true racing. I know practice is there, but to get some multi-car racing out oh, yeah. there and get that ready for the icebreaker. But then, you know, we got that. So we got a, a two-night right off the bat. And then the next weekend. Now we're talking. Yeah. You know, Friday night is going to be, what is it? The, the All-in all 25. The All-in 25 with the non-wing sprints. And then we're going to have the All-out 40. The or no way out. I'm sorry. No way out 40 on saturday night so right there brownstown speedway going to turn around and give you two weekends of friday and saturday night racing and and again and i i lean heavily to the to the sprint side but i'm telling you if you've never been to an indiana icebreaker at brownstown speedway to watch the lucas oil boys come in it's one heck of a show now if you're gonna pick your weekends to go Come the seventeenth, but come back the next weekend and watch the the No Way Out too. Again, we said it's a, it's a late model track, but there is something special about watching those non wing sprints get around that place as well. And I'm gonna tell you, probably one of the best non wing sprint drivers that knows how to drive Brownstown Speedway is gonna be Brady Short. In, oh my gosh! And that, that black number eleven, Brady, he runs a line different than everybody else on that racetrack, and. Uh, you know, Brady's been around Brownstown probably more than any other non-wing sprint car driver there is. And, uh, you know, people need to take lessons from him there because he does have that joint figured out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you go back to last year at the at the No Way Out. And I know he didn't end up winning the actual No Way Out feature. Chad, Chad Bates flew on that. So. Yes, but, you know, to watch him get around that racetrack, 
he's something different. I he, mean, it's unreal. You can never rule him out. I mean, if he, he comes from the B main and starts on the tail, you better watch him because he's going to be contending for at least a top five spot before the feature is over with there. And yeah. I grew up right down the road from the short racing um, shop right there on Highway 50 outside of Bedford. Um, across from the fairgrounds i went down a little bit farther to cassie lane that's where my parents used to live grew up there so i've driven by the short racing shop several times and uh, a heck of a driver and a heck of a family oh yeah yeah and another you know a good character for the sport you know and and he does he does well for the sport so uh looking at some other nights coming up what's some other big nights you know you are the voice of brownstown speedway uh, what's some other big nights you'd like to show out or, or, or shout out here to our, our listeners? Well, you know, that's the one thing that uh, Brownstown really does a good job of is they feature a, you know, a top race for each class where they have their own special race for every class that races at Brownstown Speedway. You know, we let that class be the, you know, the star attraction for that evening. And, you know, so for the uh, – for the super stocks, you know, we, we're going to have the uh, the Scott Patman Memorial. I don't know if you have that brought up right there, Dustin. I don't have the exact date on it yet. but That is May 5th will be the Scott Patman uh, tribute race uh, that will be to out to the uh, pure stocks. Super, correct? Sto- super, super stocks, stocks, excuse me, correct. Yes. And then the pure stocks will race to Don Russ Memorial. I hadn't scrolled down enough yet, Matt. <laughs> June 16th, uh, the Don Russ tribute uh, for those pure stocks be the major feature there. And then, you know, the Modifieds, I believe it's, uh, I think Printworks actually sponsors uh, the Modified Shootout or something like that, I believe is what it's called. They, they started that last year. but July 14th the, uh, is the AMS Modifieds coming in. But I think Modified, they got another special just for them also. I, I believe it's usually called the, the Printworks Modified Shootout is what we usually call it, so... I'm not seeing it, but I could just be not looking. Right. Yeah, I, I brought. I thought I brought this schedule with me, and I cannot. I must have left it laying at home when I walked out the door there. But you know, outside the Lucas Oil, we also have the uh, the Battle of the Bluegrass. Uh, they show up and race with us, and also uh, Chris Tilly, great, great guy for uh, dirt racing of any kind. He is probably the guy that pushes out more stuff and helps us with with dirt racing. Uh, he actually just bought the Mars series. And the Mars series is coming, and they're going to race with a couple of our super late models. I think they got the uh, Born Free Forty that's going to race there around what July seventh, if I'm if I think. Um, but uh, the Mars series is there for that, and I believe the Mars also- series, yeah, will be there for the fourth annual Born Free Forty on July seventh. And then I think they're going to be with this on the Hall of Fame Classic, also, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look. Yes, they will be there for the Hall of Fame Classic as well. And then we'll also, uh, I think we got one more traveling series that is coming with us. We got the Mars, we got the Battle of the Bluegrass Cars, we got Lucas Oil. Is it the Iron Man Super yes, Late Models? Yes, and, and Chris Tilly, actually, he's uh, the promoter for that series also. So like I said, he, I don't know how that man sleeps. He has so many irons in the fire. But uh, he's just another, he's just like you and I, lover of the sport and does everything he can to keep promoting it though so i can't uh and i know uh you know that he he does all he can for that and i'm very very proud to say that i know chris tilly and uh 
glad to see what he does for the sport. You know, and and, and again, I I want to say to people, and and I'll just throw this out there, kind of as a as a an offer. If there's somebody who maybe starts listening to our podcast that would really love to go to the races, would love, but maybe they don't have that buddy, maybe they don't have that person to go with them, but would really love to attend a race, you know, shoot out to us through social media or through email. I would be happy. I know you are the voice of Brownstown Speedway, which makes it tough for you, but right. I would be happy for somebody to come with me and, and sit at a race and and get that experience. And I think it would be really cool to have them then on the podcast and kind of break down their first experience at Brownstown yeah. Speedway. That, you know, and, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, tell a friend and, and bring a friend, you know, because if you've got a neighbor down the road that has never went into the races and watched it, have them get in the truck with you and drive over to the racetrack because they're going to want to go a second time. Well, now, after the first time they go with me, they may want to go a second time. It may not be with me, but they'll, they'll at least want to go a second time. Oh, so yeah. reach yeah. out to us. We'd love to have somebody who's never been to the dirt track to go. So I'm going to throw out, and this is, a, this is a shameless plug for me as well. And again, if you're, a, if you're interested in getting into racing, the dirt track, get out to uh, Brownstown Speedway. The shameless plug I'm going to throw out is my second favorite thing outside of those sprint cars at Brownstown has always been Salem Speedway. Oh, yes. And now, I love dirt. There is something about it. But for southern Indiana, small town Indiana, there is having Salem Speedway is something pretty special. And so April 21st, 22nd, if you can get out, the Kentuckiana Ford Dealers ARCA 200. ARCA, yes. If you get a chance to watch those ARCA cars at, at Salem Speedway, that's an exciting race and a great great weekend and to go watch. I'm going to touch base since you brought up ARCA. I don't know how much you follow that, but the 20-year-old Natalie Decker, 20 years old, she sat, sat on the pole when ARCA was down at Daytona in February. I think she's going to be a person to watch in the ARCA series this year. Right. There you go. Natalie Deckard. Make sure you're out there. Uh, April 21st and 22nd is the first date for the ARCA series at Salem Speedway. And like I said, it, it, there is something special about Salem Speedway. I th- my favorite thing there, and uh, I, it's kind of my fault. I've been busy with other things. I haven't got to go the last several years, is the Halloween Havoc Enduro that they race at Salem. If you... <laughs> want to pick that to go watch you guys will not be disappointed i mean that is entertaining as entertaining can be right there well and actually they've uh they've expanded that one we used to go to all the time too which they've got the firecracker 200 and then the halloween 200 and if you go watch that thing there is nothing like that enduro style race yes when they are when the the leaders take the the green flag the back tail end is right nose to bumper to them, and it's oh, yeah. going to be, it's going to be one beating and banging and just trying to survive race. But it's a it's a lot of entertainment. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and another great one down there is the uh, uh, Pat O'Connor Memorial, Joe James and Pat O'Connor Memorial, Saturday, October, or excuse me, August eleventh. Uh, the USAC Silver Crown Series will be there along with the Lucas Oil Great American Stocks. So, like I said. When you if you live around the southern Indiana area and you're you you think you might be interested in racing or you've you've never been to one but you want to try it, you don't really realize how blessed you are in the area you're in. 
you're within driving distance to Eldora Speedway, which yeah. we haven't even gotten into yet. Oh, we, 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 we will. But it ties me back full full circle back into my, my Tony Stewart love um, with Eldora Speedway. You've got Salem Speedway. You've got Brownstown Speedway, which, again, I cannot stress enough. If you are within driving distance on a Saturday to Brownstown Speedway, you have to get there. It is a track that has been featured who knows how many times on the Speed Channel, and I don't even think it's called the Speed Channel anymore. No, I don't think it is either. I'm dating myself a little <laughs> bit there. But the racing at Brownstown Speedway is something very, very special. In, in every class. You don't have to just see the super late models. I mean, anything that rolls out on that racetrack, they give you a show. You know, and that's, uh, that's just a testimony to the amount of talent we have speckled all over you know southern indiana you know it's just i I think we we're just so used to it that we're almost spoiled of the fact of it i agree with you on that i agree with you because it goes back to what you just said earlier i grew up as a teenager watching jeff gordon race at vernon i mean and for those of you we're we're jennings county people yes um vernon is not the city that you would think jeff gordon would have ever been to you're you're exactly right i love vernon lived in vernon for several years but i never associated jeff gordon with vernon indiana but that's the kind of people we have coming out to these racetracks yeah you know and i you know it never fails i'll be watching a nascar race on sunday or you know a xfinity race on on saturday and, you know, Justin Algar, I watched him race at Eldora Speedway. And, and I'll tell my girlfriend, you know, I've seen him race at Eldora. And then I forget, I tell her that. And, you know, three or four races go by and he'll roll out. And I'll say, I've seen him race at Eldora. And she's like, you've already told me that. But to me, that is just so impressive that these guys that are up, you know, this is what they're doing for livings. You know, I have watched them, you know, take some steps up. And, and that is just amazing to watch these guys grow and, and progress like they have. Hey, I'm going to say real quick here, before we get into Eldora's schedule and those kind of things, let's take a quick break and let's uh, let's give an opportunity for some of our sponsors to come in here. We've talked about them a little bit earlier, but let's take a quick break. We'll pause here, give an opportunity for our sponsors to come in, and then we'll, we'll go back and talk in some of those other tracks and their schedules. Sound good, Matt? Sounds great. Again, we want to thank our sponsors. In the Fast Lane Productions. If you're looking for video clips from the local racing action, look no further than in the FastLaneProductions.com. At in the FastLaneProductions.com, you're going to find all the local racing action, along with exclusive pit interviews and interviews after the winners had parked it in Victory Lane. Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. If you're looking for a unique gift for a race fan, look no further than Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. Schaefer Photos is the official track photographer of Brownstown Speedway. If you're looking for a gift for a man cave or a picture for an office, stop by their trailer behind the grandstands at Brownstown Speedway. Photos are professionally cropped and edited prior to printing and can be printed in a variety of sizes to fit your specific need. Don't forget them at Schaefer Photo and Custom Tees. Also, a huge thank you to Kenny Montgomery for allowing us to use his new single, Dirt, as our intro song for the podcast. It'll also be played in its entirety at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned at the end to hear the entire new single from Kenny Montgomery, Dirt. Hey, again, thanks to those sponsors, and I uh, appreciate those guys supporting us. And I'm going to say it again. I said it earlier. 
if you like what we're doing, support our sponsors because those are the people helping us. But we were going to get into some other series and talk about some other tracks, and I'm going to throw it over to you, Matt, to kind of get us started. Well, I'll jump right in with the Lucas Oil since, you know, I mean, they're going to be at Brownstown on the 17th. And, you know, them boys, they've been racing since February 2nd, man. So, uh, you know, they've already been busy. They rest, raced uh, February 2nd and 3rd down at Golden Isle Speedway in, uh, in Brunswick, Georgia. And uh, Josh Richards, you know, he uh, – if you guys don't know, he is the son of Mark Richards that owns Rocket Chassis, and uh, you know he was when Josh was young and first started racing. He had the nickname of Kid Rocket, but he has uh, he's running for Best Motorsports now. He went from the the blue and white uh, number one, you know, with the big red one on the side, to uh, now he's the green and white one, and uh, he hasn't lost a step at all. He had to take some time away from the sport. He had some numbness in his hands and couldn't race for a minute, but. Uh, He's got that taken care of. He's married now, but like first two races out of the year this year, man, he put it in victory lane. And then you turn right around February fifth at East Bay Speedway or Raceway Park in uh, in Tampa, and then Brandon Shepard he wins that. And you know, the, Brandon is in Richard's old Rocket House car, you know, the blue and white with the red one. So Rocket right there, man. First three Lucas Oil events was one in a Rocket chassis. But then February 6th, Jonathan Davenport, oh, Superman himself. You know, Mark Martin is backing him now with a nice white number 49. Good-looking race car. And, uh, you know, Davenport's making Mark Martin young like uh, Darrell Wallace Jr. is making Richard Petty young. That's exactly what I was going to throw out there because, you know, Davenport has got some equipment behind him but has encouraged Mark Martin to really get in and support that stuff because of the way he's driving. Yeah, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to take nothing because Davenport drove for the Rumleys for – for a long time, you know, he was Lucas Oil champion when he, drove, when he drove for the Rumley. So, you know, Jonathan knows what it's like to have good equipment that, that he's setting in. But, uh, you know, he wins that. And then, you know, Brandon Overton wins the next race. You know, red and white won 16, you know. And uh, Overton come, went down last year down in Florida and uh, kind of flexed his muscle. I was glad to see him come right back again on February 7th. But then Brandon Shepard right back again, you know. So, and then, you know, then it's going to be – Jonathan Davenport, but then you've got Kyle Bronson. You know, Kyle comes out of nowhere there February 10th at East Bay and uh, does a great job, you know, of, of winning that one down there. And Bronson, you know, he's not a huge moneyed or sponsored team. So for him to go out there and beat the big boys like he did there at East Bay, that's, that's awesome. Well, I think that's part of getting back to what we're talking about with this podcast. That's part of the exciting thing about racing is it's not just about when you win, it's who you beat. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because money money talks in yes. racing and equipment. We've talked yes. a lot about that. But also, when you're that driver that can go out and compete against the best, that's a special night. If you can just run with the best sometimes, that's a win in your personal book there. You know, if Kyle Bronson can get a top five, with the Lucas Oil Boys, you know, he he's doing very well. But then parking in Victory Lane, you know, he's in another planet then. So, And I know I'm going to throw this one back out to you, but we can't talk about the Lucas Oil Series without talking about two of my favorite drivers, and that starts with the real deal, Don O'Neill. And I know this is going to excite you, but I know the nickname, and also the new deal, Hudson O'Neill. Hudson oh, yeah. O'Neill, which was, was the name, the new deal, was coined by the voice of Brownstown Speedway. The new deal, Hudson O'Neill. Yeah, I remember talking to him. Uh, you know, I told him, "Hey, I, I think we're going to do this," and he kind of grinned and laughed. And uh, Hudson was racing in the Indiana Pro Late Model Series at that time, and uh, 
you know, the next night we, we had a race down at Scottsburg Speedway. The Indiana Pro Late Models went down and raced at Scottsburg. And uh, he said he liked it and was going to run with it. And then it wasn't long after that, we had T-shirts made. And, uh, you know, I went and found Huddy and, and uh, you know, grabbed a T-shirt from him with, with the new deal on there. And that has really stuck. You know, I enjoy when you turn Mav TV on and it shows the spoiler on his race car and I see that new deal across there, you know, because that – and uh, I think right now – I hold the record for most Victory Lane interviews with Hudson O'Neill because when he raced with the Indiana Pro Late Models, I have interviewed him at uh, five different racetracks, I think. And I, I think right now that I hold the record for most uh, Victory Lane interviews with Hudson O'Neill. Well, let's just be honest. He has a pretty good track record of putting in Victory Lane. Yeah, yeah. And they've not all been his cars because Isaac Rainey, again, i got to throw some props to the 24R there. He has loaned his car. He loaned it three times. Oh, yeah, three times last year to Hudson, and Hudson put it in Victory Lane all three times that he climbed down in that car. And and no disrespect meant by this towards Isaac Rainey whatsoever. The guy can pick kids to put in his dri- in, in his driver's seat. I ask him, because uh, Isaac is a little shy when it comes to microphones and, and cameras. And uh, I interviewed him last year in, in uh, pit, pit Lane, and it was one of those... Uh, you know, led by the leash interviews that, you know, he didn't know how to go with it. But uh, Isaac is a great friend of mine. And uh, here in just a minute, I'll elaborate on why I think a whole lot of Isaac. But yeah, I asked him if he would ever thought about just being a car owner, because like you said, he knows which guys to say, hey, jump down to my car and drive it tonight. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, because I'm going to throw this out here right now. And I know how you feel because we've had this this discussion off air. It, Chase Briscoe sat in that seat who's going to race in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at some point. And Hudson O'Neill has sat in that seat, who I will argue right now is going to race in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at some point. I'd say Hudson O'Neill could race anywhere he wants to race, honestly. You know, that's a valid point. I'll give that one back to you because that's a valid point. But uh, to touch base again on Isaac, and and this this goes a little personal, but uh, that's what this is all about. My uh, my mom passed away in June, and... um, I tried to get back to the racetrack as quick as I could because I thought if I could get back into the the role of things, the easier it would be for me to to get by. Gives you some normalcy. And uh, I kind of wanted to honor my mom because my whole family came to the racetrack, you know, right after we we had my mom's funeral. So I had my brother and my sister at the racetrack, and uh, I thought I need to do something for my family that's sitting down in the grandstands. So I asked uh, Jamie Schaefer, you know, she co-owns the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tees. She's also the scorer. She does the scoring there at, at Brownstown. I said, hey, I'd like to do something for my mom. You know, are you cool with that? She's like, absolutely. And she's like, what would you like to do? And I said, my, my best friend is Keith Deppy. He used to race here. I would like for him to climb in one of the late models and carry the checkered flag during the national anthem for my mom. And uh, she said, well, who do you have? Because Keith, it doesn't race anymore. But she's like, who do you have in mind? And I said, me and Isaac really shoot the breeze a whole lot before the races. You know, we've kind of become, we weren't, I won't call we were friends then, but we knew each other. And uh, Jamie's like, well, let me give him a call. Immediately, he said, absolutely. So he drives his race car out before the national anthem, lets my buddy that he had never met in his lifetime climb down in his race car. And uh, Keith gets a checkered flag. And, during, you know, one race car is carrying the, national, the, the American flag from the national anthem. And Keith is following behind with the checkered flag, you know, in, uh, in honor of my mother. And, uh, that goes a long way when a guy will say, here's my race car, whatever you want to do, man. And so, you know, Isaac will always, and you know, I, I'd said that on the, uh, when we had our, uh, 
what do you call it? The, the banquet. Banquet. The I, banquet. I was going to yes. come with you. But, uh, and Isaac had this speech made. And he was going to get up and thank people. And I told that story to everybody there at the banquet. And uh, Isaac just came up and gave me a hug and said he couldn't talk no more. But uh, that shows a, a true, genuine person right there that will do stuff like that. So Isaac will always have a, a place in my heart just because he did that for me, you know, in 2016. And, and I'm going to say this right now. If... And I, and I don't want to take away from that story in Isaac because, you know, I, that's extremely special. But that's also the racing community. Yes, and so definitely. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm belittling what Isaac did because, guys, these these machines are not cheap. It is no, not, not cheap all. to own these cars yes. and, to, and to get them there on Saturday night. So to, to put somebody in it, I don't like other people driving my Chevrolet Silverado. So I don't want just anybody driving it. To let somebody do that is extremely important. But I also want to point out, and again, I don't want it to sound like I'm belittling your story. That's racing, and it's a family affair. Definitely. And and people are behind other people. And again, if you're looking for something to, to enjoy and to get behind and you got a family, go to the racetrack. And it is a family event because I know you said – you taught your, you know, your son the the traffic light by looking at the light out on the racetrack. It, it's definitely family friendly, and you know that's the greatest way in the world to to keep the sport growing is take the you know your kids there and you know let them experience it. So, yeah, and and you know, it, and even when you go back, and you and I kind of talked about this earlier, talking about uh, Matt. Uh, db and dedo the benedetto the yeah. benedetto i can never say it right he's d burrito on twitter by the way that's so much easier <laughs> matt d burrito i will never miss that one up now matt d burrito you know when we talked about the people that will jump behind race car drivers Yo, and, yes you know he was struggling with sponsors and, and he reached out on social media and got all of these people to jump in and jump behind him to keep him racing that's what this community is. You know, when you go back and look at some of the drivers we've lost and some of the tragic ends to these oh. drivers' careers, the top-name guys in NASCAR, in, in IndyCar, in whatever series, come back and help those people. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Zinka Poker, they jumped out, and, I, you know, I watched qualifying before I came, and they're the biggest on the car, so I'm sure they threw the most money out. But... Uh, Matt's comment on on Twitter was he does he doesn't have enough space on the car for all the people he ended up raising fifty thousand dollars off a social media video that Denny Hamlin and the Waltrip brothers probably pushed more than anyone and I guess what happened is Denny Hamlin pub, you know retweeted the video they got retweeted again they got retweeted again and a guy Zinga Poker seen this and said let's give this guy some money. Which, yeah. if, if Denny or Zynga Poker is listening, we are looking for sponsors. So if any, <laughs> if Zynga Poker is interested, I would be happy to read that spot. But and not a, trying to make light of the situation. But if Zynga Poker is listening, <laughs> we would love to carry your logo to Brownstown Speedway. But that's to me, that is a success story. Is these people, I mean, that is Denny Hamlin's competitor on Sunday... But he made sure that he got some money. And Denny actually personally threw $5,000 his way. Absolutely. You know, that's what it's about right there. But I think the thing about it in racing is, and you'll see this, if you go and you buy a pit pass on, on Saturday night at Brownstown Speedway, you'll see the guy who has 
an issue in his car that doesn't have the part to fix it, but goes two trailers down and gets the part he needs. That's a fact. You know, because it's not about the fact that I'm worried this guy may beat me. It's that I want to race the best. And it's all about putting on a show for the fans in the seat. And there's a there's a group of them that I've kind of become, uh, you know, I, I go visit with them a whole lot to racetrack, and they make sure they park side by side, you know, every week at Brownstown. And they're, you know, they're back on the bridge. They're in the back part of the pits, and they are like a a racing family. They're in the same spots every week. They, you know, they huddle together. That you know, they know everything about each other, and there are different race classes. But they're there, you know, supporting each other all the time. And to me, that that's the way it should be. You know, that's to me, that's what racing is all about is the unity that, that it actually brings, to, you know, out on Saturday nights. Absolutely. And I, and I think even when you're a fan of one driver and, you know, and, and I've got some and some dirt guys that I really enjoy watching race, but you're really there to see the show. Oh, Definitely. And, and there's no doubt, there's some guys that you may cheer against that you don't want to win, and that's okay. We need those personalities, too. But you really are there to see the show, and, and, and the best drivers constantly put on that great show. And, you know, you said there might be guys you root against. There have been guys in racing that have taken so much pride in being the bad guy. They always do. I mean, Dale Earnhardt Sr., was probably the most famous bad guy ever. But then Scott Bloomquist, which I was going to say in the Lucas Oil right now, he has not been to victory lane yet in a Lucas Oil race yet in 2018. And that which has got to be a tough thing for him. Yes, but he takes pride in being the bad guy. And, uh, you know, I, I really can't remember. You know, I remember him. I'll tell you a Scott Bloom, Bloomquist story at Brownstown Speedway real quick. We, I was a teenager maybe 15 and again i was with my grandfather and my grandfather was from uh, tennessee and they bloomquist rolls out you know for qualifying that night he was driving the black number 18 car and uh i think curtis equipment was a sponsor on it at that time and uh, they announced you know out of mooresburg tennessee and the number 18 it's going to be scott bloomquist and uh my grandpa he starts clapping he's like man this this boy's out of tennessee so he grandpa immediately becomes a fan of him and i just watched him and he was very fast you know and uh scott ended up ends up winning that night and he climbs out and you know the announcer like here's your winner you know the 18 of scott bloomquist and bloomquist takes his helmet off and anybody that's ever seen scott bloomquist he has quite a bit of long hair you know and i can see my grandpa he's clapping and cheering and then when he sees all the hair like the clap slows down (laughs) and my grandpa you know it's like what have i rooted for all night (laughs) Well, me being the 15-year-old that was a little bit of a rebellious kid, which we've had those stories, too. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I look over, and I see this long-haired guy You found a hero. Oh, I start clapping (laughs) because I'm like, look at this guy. Because, you know, at that time, Jeff Purvis was the fastest thing in a dirt late model back then, and he was clean cut. He looked like a college kid. And when this Scott Bloomquist guy comes out, climbs out of the car, and I'm a 15-year-old kid, and there is hair everywhere, I'm like, where has this guy been? Because he is awesome, you know? And, uh, you know, so that was where that was born. And it, right there at Brownstown Speedway, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, but, you know, my grandpa rooted for him because he was from Tennessee and immediately wished he hadn't when he seen the hair. And I immediately became a fan because of that. But, you know, he is a good race car driver. You know, do not get me wrong there. So, uh, no, the, he can wheel. Oh, definitely. <laughs> There's no definitely. doubt he can wheel. But he enjoys the controversy. If, yeah. if I was going to give him, and I know you are famous for giving some nicknames. If I was given Bloomquist a nickname today, it would be Darth Vader. 
it would be the iconic. You know, when you look at the Star Wars franchise, Darth Vader is as iconic of a character as you can get. He is that iconic negative villain character for the Indiana, or excuse me, for the Lucas Oil late model series. Because when I look at him, he's extremely talented. He's got the best equipment. Everything goes his way, but you love to hate him. And that is one guy that could not take another nickname. He has more nicknames than, than anyone you know he's he's black sunshine you know the voodoo child the dirt track dominator you know every time you turn around someone has invented another, another nickname for what just him. happened 30 seconds ago darth vader yeah there you go that's what yeah. we're going with for the rest of the year <laughs> i expect to hear that at the icebreaker well you know i won't do i don't do the lucas oil i am the, the voice of brownstown but james essex is the voice of lucas oil so but at, you can lean on essex a little bit I'm, to I'm break sure out he, the he, darth vader he'd let me talk about it a little bit there i'm sure he would so <laughs> But you know that's what I'm surprised about is uh, is Bloomquist hasn't been a winner in Lucas Oil yet this year, and uh, you know looking right now, give me just a second to fifteenth I think is it fifteenth fourteenth 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 you know in the points and that is a rarity. You think there's some wrenching going on down there in those garages? There's always wrenching, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know that's uh, that's a definite there. But you they're know, breaking out the metrics now because they're concerned about what's going on. But you know, let's give it. You know, let's go back to Hudson since you brought him up too. You know, he's last year's rookie of the year in Lucas Oil running. He's setting seventh in the points after all the time down in, in Florida. So you know that boy has really turned it on, and you know he's impressive. Well, you got to think that for a guy like Hudson O'Neill. You got to be excited about the the idea that you're coming back home. You know that you're getting back to the Midwest. Nothing against the dirt tracks in Florida. Great shows down there. Great start to the season. But to get the opportunity to come back to Brownstown Speedway to to your area is a great opportunity to really put on a show. Well, you know, um, what was I going to say? March sixteenth, that Friday night, they're going to race in Chillicothe, Ohio, before they come to race with us. So you know, it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, and, you know, I've watched Bloomquist more than one time. He comes out, you know, because he used to, for the Jackson 100, last year we had a race on that Friday night before, but used to, Bloomquist used the qualifying time as a test and tune, and I think he's up to seven Jackson 100 wins now, you know, so Bloomquist, has, right off the bat, he took to Brownstown Speedway, so if he is parked over in Millionaire's Row, he's probably got a great opportunity of, of winning you know, that night when he rolls out on the racetrack. And, you know, he when he rolls out, you don't even have to be looking at the racetrack. You could be back in the restrooms at, at Brownstown Speedway, and you know Scott Bloomquist is rolled up off the lineup chute because all you hear is boos. They're so loud, it feels like they're in the in the tower with us upstairs when he rolls out on the racetrack, man, because, and it, like you said, it's a love-to-hate relationship with that man. Okay, I'm going to throw it out there then because, again – I'm not going to throw it on you for being the voice of Brownstown Speedway. I'm going to throw it on you because when the icebreaker comes in and the Lucas Oil late model series comes in, I went first for the NASCAR pick. Who is winning the Indiana icebreaker March 17th at Brownstown Speedway? And you must. Don't play the game of let me think about it. You go ahead and give me yours. You're on the clock. There is no deferral. It is your pick first. Take your pick. Hudson O'Neill. I knew you were going to take him. and I, I shouldn't have even let you have the chance to come out with him. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the same 
family? Yeah, and I'm yeah. going to go the real deal. Don O'Neill is going to take that one at, at the icebreaker at Brownstown Speedway. They would probably tear the place down if those two finished 1-2 in either combination because they love the O'Neill family, you know. So that is a uh, – if if Don wins or Huddy wins and the other one finishes second – It'll be a party in Brownstown, Indiana. I just hope old Don, if Huddy's in front of him, will will at least <laughs> nudge him out of the way. I don't want to see him spin him. I want Huddy to finish right up front too because I like him. But I hope Don will at least get into the back end and get around him because oh, the, these friendly wagers are going to continue between the two of us, and I don't like to lose. <laughs> I don't either. So that's uh, I'm all for that, man. Let me tell you. Hey, we're at uh, we're at about an hour and a half now, and I want to throw out again, uh, you know, another opportunity for our sponsors to come in. And it's not that I want to break up what we're doing, but again, what we're trying to do to promote this sport, there's no driver that can hit the track without great sponsors. And in the same sense, there's no way we can continue to do what we do without great sponsors. And I just want to throw out the idea of in the fast lane productions, um, in the fastlaneproductions.com. Check them out on Facebook. They'll be there at the Speedway, oh, Brownstown Speedway. Yes. Great. If you cannot make the Speedway, there is nothing better than in the fast lane. Yes. And then Schaefer Photo and Custom Tees. Mark Schaefer, like I said, that is his passion is uh, racing photography. And he doesn't just take you know a whole bunch of pictures and say, here they are. He crops each one, makes sure everything is centered, makes sure all the colors are right. I mean, he that is his passion. And... Uh, you know, he's pretty much, like I said, the official photographer for Brownstown Speedway. He's also the official for, photographer for the, for the Indiana Pro Late Model Series. So, you know, and uh, Mark and Jamie Schaefer, great friends, and uh, they will do anything for the sport. And Mark Schaefer doesn't know this yet, but he's actually the official photographer for me on my 10-speed bike at Brownstown <laughs> Speedway, which shouldn't be a problem for him to catch that action because it'll be rather slow. But he is the official photographer for Dustin at Brownstown Speedway gotcha. as well. Yeah, he. I, I think he can definitely get you in the lens there. If you make it aware, make him aware of that next time you see him, because he's not, he doesn't realize he's the official photographer for me. I'm sure he'll be aware. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's jump over real quick to the to the world of outlaw dirt late models real quick, and uh, because you know I mentioned how much uh, Brandon Shepard won over in the Lucas Oil, but absolutely, he's the points leader in the world of outlaw series. So you know that's uh, you know because them guys kind of share the tracks when they're down there at. at at in florida but right now you know brandon shepherd is, is your points leader bloomquist is fourth in the points in the in the, the world of outlaws so you know there might be something there they had some rain there's some cancellations with the with the world of outlaws down there um but scott bloomquist did win on february 16th in the world of outlaws so he actually has a feature win over in the world of outlaw series but also you know tim mccready's won dale mcdowell uh brandon shepherd won one and um I think that's the four that has won this year. So because he had two, two cancellations, and then this last weekend's there the uh, Tennessee tip off down at Smoky Mountain Speedway. They uh, postponed those to April because I seen a picture online there, and I seen Dale McDowell's car sitting outside of his uh, his hauler, and there was snowflakes in the camera shot. So uh, World of Outlaws did a great job there and decided let's just make this where it's a little bit warmer, you know. Yeah. So. And that's what's so tough about being a race fan at this time of year because we all get antsy and we oh, all yeah. want to get it started, but we also all know how unpredictable the weather can be right here off the bat. Yeah, you know, we, we've already seen it this year right here, you know, in southern Indiana, you know, with 70 degrees. And 
I remember I went home from work one day and put a pair of shorts on and went down and worked in the garage. And the next day, you know, I was looking for for warm clothes just so I could absolutely wa- walk out to the mail. You know, so that it's unreal. You know, Indiana, if you don't like the weather, stick around. It's going to change. Absolutely. So. so if you're already thinking right now that you may not want to come out and watch the Indiana Icebreaker or the No Way Out 40 at Brown Sound Speedway, give it a few days. It may be 70 and sunny and the greatest oh, yeah. weather you could have. Yeah, don't don't rule it out now, and you know don't look at the forecast. You know the the future forecast there and think, well, I'm I'm out. You know, wait till that morning because you wake up. You know, and it, it might be 75, and and you think about taking shorts there. So, so you know that's how, that is how it is. Absolutely. Hey, let's jump into Eldora. I mean, let's go back to me. Let's bring a full circle. Let's go back to my sprint heritage. Let's go back to the the Tony Stewart heritage. And let's bring it to Eldora Speedway. Well, you know, the, the dates I'm going to point out real quick, you know, of course. The Dream. Yep, June 7th through the 9th. If you guys have never been, definitely get over and check that out. And then we're going to go September 6th through the 8th for the World 100. And I yeah. believe Throttled Up, the podcast, is going, correct? I mean. I know at least half of us is. It's, well, no, well <laughs> you may not realize this yet, but I'm going to be in with you. So Right on. That, hey, let's, let's, let's do it, you know. And uh, maybe we could uh, – you know, it won't be set up like we are here, but maybe oh, we, we'll we'll find a way to do one from the from the dream or from the from the world one hundred. We could get maybe you know grab a couple guys because uh, you guys have never been to El, Eldora. There is a full service bar on the top of the grandstands on the front stretch, so that is the only place I know of that you can sit on a bar stool with a bartender and a fully service bar and have a race racing behind you. I mean, you know, what better racetrack could that be? You know. That sounds like a place for the Throttled Up podcast, there's I, no doubt. I have to agree with you. Yeah, we'll have to do a remote at least twice a year. And then, you know, for you, you know, for you with the uh, the sprint cars, you got the uh, the King's Royal on July 14th. And then uh, let me look down through here. The Four Crown Nationals, uh, September 22nd. Absolutely. Ohio Sprint Week, uh, the Sprint Speed Week. It's going to be the All-Star Sprints, the Dirt Car Mods, and the Stock Car is going to be June 16th, right after the Dream. And I tell you what, I always go over there on uh, the Sunday, the Johnny Appleseed race. That's a, that's a race. You know, we race Saturday night at Brownstown, and then Sunday I get up and go over for the Johnny Appleseed. And that's, that's you know, their normal classes. you got the Sunoco Late Models, the Dirt Car Modifieds, and the Stock Cars. And uh, that's just a fun – and I'll tell you what, it's cheap, man. I mean, their regular shows, they are family-oriented, too, over there at Eldora Speedway. So – so we, you know, we go to that, and it's just a one-day show there. And then we also go to the Baltus Classic, which is again on a Sunday on some, in September second. It's kind of the drivers look at it as a warm-up for the World One Hundred. They go over for that Baltus Classic, and uh, so a great opportunity to see some big-name guys, you know, for for getting tuned a fair in price. Yeah, Absolutely. getting tuned in. And you know, so that's uh, that's you know, every race at Eldora is a, is a great race, but they got a lot of other stuff planned. So if you guys. You know, it's about three hours, three and a half hours from here. If you guys think you want to make the trek over there and check out, you know, Eldora Speedway, make sure you go over there because uh, probably the, it's top-notch facility right there. And, hey, I'm going to say it again. You you said you were shocked when we said we were at 50 minutes. We're at an hour and a half right now. So uh, I think we're, we're about ready to wrap it up. What yeah, do you think, Matt? I think so for the first one. And uh, let me throw out there, guys, like I said at the beginning, if you want to come on and, and talk about racing and uh, – you know, just talk about having a good time out of racetrack. You know, hit us up. You know, mine and Dustin's Twitter uh, things are on our uh, the throttled up uh, webpage there. Let us know, or 
If you see me at the racetrack or see Dustin at the racetrack, let us know, and, and uh, we'll get a night lined up where you can come in and talk on the podcast. Absolutely, and, and visit us. Uh, it's Throttled Up with Matt and Dustin, uh, throttleduppodcast.com. It can be, you can listen to our podcast there. It's also available, it'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, we'll be there. And the last thing I'm going to leave them with is, again, if you think you want to go to a dirt track, but it's kind of that awkward feeling that you you don't know who's going to be there, you've never went, and, and let's be honest, it can be a little bit intimidating because where do I park? Where How do I get there? Where do I sit? What's the best place to see? I mean it, and, and I, I'm going to reiterate this. You are the voice of Brownstown. Yes. Reach out to me. I yes. would be happy. Again, my wife is not overly excited. I'm going to spend a lot more time at the dirt track. But I'm looking for people to go with me. Reach out to me. I'd be happy for somebody to go with me and get their first dirt track experience at, at Brownstown Speedway with me, and then come back on the podcast and talk about that. Yeah, and yeah, definitely look look me up. You know, I get there early. Like I said, I go through the pits. I try to get with all the drivers. You know, see what's going on. I'm, I actually can't wait for practice tomorrow because there's been a lot of drivers I haven't even spoken to or, or, or seen since the the banquet that we had back in January. So, you know, let us know, and, uh, you know, I'll definitely try to hook you up, too. I won't be able to sit with you like Dustin will, but I'll definitely try to get you there, you know, if I can, if I can do anything. Hey, and the last thing I'm going to say, subscribe to this so it automatically downloads to you. Rate and review us. Rate and reviewing us helps us get on to the, uh, the new and best podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So shoot us out a rate, rating and a review. Um, and, again, if you've got interest, if you're an owner, if you're a car driver, if you've got something, that a sponsor that wants to come on, reach out to us. Other than that, see you at the track on Saturday. I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt. For Brian Clausen, uh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders. Party in Victory Lane, and y'all boys ain't invited. Your mama gets excited when I pull up to unload. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that.
dirt, gotta get back to it. I just won hot laps for the third week. Huh? Lil Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. Yeah. So I go and check the board on my bike, sitting outside pole. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh-huh. W, W, that's another George W. Hit, hit him with that half a lap. Like, dang, what gear are you running, dude? And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA, hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm rubbered up and I'm smiling for the pigs. Y'all boys be looking tacky while I stay looking slick. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. And mama just gave me them eyes like, dang, maybe you looking handsome. We pray and sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. We stop and show respect because we're all proud to be. From the land of the free and the home of the brave, y'all better Wake up and get it. Uh, We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it on there. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that. Dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt. Dirt, I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it.